Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. The Waco History Podcast is sponsored by Brotherwell Brewery on Historic Bridge Street in Waco. Cross the Brazos and Waco Ride hard and I'll make it by dawn Cross the Brazos and Waco I'm safe when I reach San Antonio Well, this is the Waco History Podcast. This is the third episode in our Cameron Park series and uh, I've been chasing Larry Sims down for a while uh, to sit down with me and talk about his experiences in Cameron Park. If you haven't listened to the first two, one episode was Mark Furman doing uh, some of the uh, history of the park, and then Kenna Lang Archer talked about um, her work on kind of the flora and fauna of Cameron Park. Uh, and then Larry Sims has his own stories uh, to tell about his experiences with the park. But before I get to that, uh, Larry, I'd like to talk a little bit about your background uh, mm-hmm. before uh, we get to the Cameron Park part of your story, which that you know you spent many years in the park. But can you talk a little bit about kind of your background, uh, your professional background before that? Because I think it's important in the ways in which uh, the park story plays out. Yes, I uh, I actually got into law enforcement through uh, DPS. I was a highway patrolman for couple of years and uh i i didn't like where i was stationed uh so i which is actually colleen mm-hmm. and so i went to work I, I resigned from there and went to work for waco and i worked for waco for about eight years and uh then i became a, a park ranger after that so i actually worked in the park before the city had park rangers oh okay so i was familiar with the park long before we had park rangers in the in the early 80s, in, well, in the early, in the late 70s. Okay. So I had actually worked in there and witnessed some of the activity that had taken place in there. So I was I was familiar with it when I became a park ranger. Okay. Well, that's good to know because I know you became a ranger in 86, but you're saying for years before that you were in the park. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'd like to go back even before that because you're a native Waco one. Yes. And so you had experiences with the park even before that. And yes. Talk a little bit about maybe where you grew up and maybe some experiences you had with the park when you were younger. I yeah. I actually grew up in East Waco in Estella Maxi, so mm-hmm. I wasn't far from the park. And, and as a as a kid in school, we actually rode bicycles to the park. We went down to the river and, and fished and kinda kinda did it all. So I was I was very familiar with with Cameron Park long long before I got into actually got into law enforcement or became an adult. Mm-hmm. So I went down there, uh, hunted pecans, uh, like I say, fished down there, rode bicycles. So we uh, we participated in Cameron Park for a long, long time. Can you can you talk about the areas of the park you would use when you were growing up? Kind of areas of park you would go to mainly pecan and, bottom. Okay, yeah, mainly pecan bottom because the other areas was a little complicated to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was kind of uphill, and uh, so we mainly frequent pecan bottom area. 
Yeah, if I was riding a bike with no gears, I would not frequent Lover's Leap or anything. It's kind of the way we feel, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and is that before Herring Avenue Bridge yes. was put in? Yes. Okay. And so how would you get, how would you kind of get in and out of the park? Which way did you go? Waco Drive Bridge. Okay. Yeah, we right. go, it was a long way around. Yeah. It was the only way around. So we would, we would go to the Waco Drive Bridge and go back to Waco Drive Bridge. Okay. Yeah, that was the only way to get back mm-hmm. and forth across, yeah. Um, and you said uh, you'd go over and fish, and what are some other things you would do uh, in the park? Just, just we would, we we'd fish and we'd hunt pecans, and we just be in the park, so mm. to speak. I mean, we were youngsters, and uh, just being away from home, being out in the park, riding bicycles, uh, we didn't do a lot of football playing in the park. We just kind of hung around in the park. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, could you get some pretty good fish out of the Brazos then? For us, because we didn't know a lot about fishing, uh-huh. uh, it was perch. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> it wasn't bad, so it wasn't. You may occasionally get a catfish or something, but it was mainly just perch. Yeah. And this was, was this before kind of the low water dam had stabilized the, the lake level? Long, long before. It was, it, mm-hmm. it was Brazos River mm-hmm. during that time. It was long before they had put in a stable dam to be able to call it a lake. You know? mm-hmm. So uh, and you go down there one day and it's empty. You go down there a week later and it's full. It's kind of the way you dealt with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we weren't actually fishing for supper. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, were, just, know. we were just fishing to be fishing. Yeah, because, well, you don't want to make a supper off perch. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that, that's, that's really interesting that you had that early kind of experience with the park. Yes. So what did the park kind of represent for you when you were a kid, as far as a place? That basically that just a mm-hmm. place to go and a, and a place to have fun. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and there again, you know, back when I was growing up, you only had two television channels, you know, and if the parents was watching television, you were kind of out. So we just basically hung out. It's what we did. You know, we, we went to the park and we played and we stayed and we went home after that. So mm-hmm. it was just a place to go, yeah. which was different from being in the front yard. Yeah. And you had freedom to go there and come back. and Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit then about uh, the park when you came back professionally and you're working for the city. And you're having some experiences in it in the late 70s and early 80s, maybe before you became a park ranger, what the park was like. Just describe for us. When I came back as as a, as a police officer, the park had changed dramatically. Uh, it, it basically became a traffic problem, and it became a it developed a lot of other issues because there wasn't any authority in the park. So we had we had people doing doing all kind of we had we had all kind of activity going on in the park. In the in the city of Waco recognized it in the in the mid seventies. Mm-hmm. They realized, hey, we got a problem. We need to do something about it. So they started assigning police officers to work down there. And uh, so I had on occasion and, and it wasn't it wasn't a uh, regular deal, but on occasion and it was mainly weekend, you know, they would assign them. Two officers worked down there, and we basically just kind of monitored to make sure that uh, you know that we could could uh, 
kind of control, kind of control the traffic best we could. That which was the hardest thing we had going in the park, and uh, so I was I was familiar with it from that aspect as far as when I became a park ranger and was actually assigned down there and was dealing with different issues. But it had it had become in the in the early seventies it had become a kind of a total different monster, so to speak, mm-hmm. because of the uh, it was extremely crowded. It's extremely crowded on Sunday. With having a circle, it created a traffic problem because all you needed was one vehicle to stop traffic, and uh, it backed up traffic all the way back down past the old uh, stables on University Park Drive, and it, basically everything came to a halt at that point. And some of the biggest issues I had when I actually worked down there was being able to get emergency vehicles in and out. Couldn't do it. You, you literally couldn't do it. Yeah. We always was fearful of somebody getting injured because we they were doing, when I went in as a park ranger, they were doing a whole lot of things that shouldn't be going on down there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and for an example, there was, a, there was a couple of guys that would actually bring horses down to the park and they would race in the middle of the park, and there was people everywhere. There was kids everywhere. So if one of those kids get run over by a horse, you got a problem. You got mm-hmm. a big problem. You got a problem for getting emergency vehicles down there, and you got a problem with whoever kid just got run over. So those were some of the issues we dealt with when we went in as park rangers. Now, when you were there with the police force, um, of course the layout of traffic is different there now. I mean, that that's all changed. Can you talk? Can you describe what it was like then, and and where the bottlenecks were, where were the problem areas there? When I was a policeman, uh-huh, yeah. Well, the circle wasn't taken out till I became a park ranger. Mm-hmm. About, about three years into being a park ranger, when the circle actually got taken out, if I remember correct. And, and so, for newer folks, say tell us where the circle was, and then how traffic would go in and out. Pecan Bottoms had a complete circle. It, you 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 come in on University Parks Drive, or you come in off of Herring, and it circled down by the roadway. Actually, went by the river, mm-hmm. the public roadway, and it completed a circle. Mm-hmm. Well, when you get so many vehicles down there, the problem you run into is it's one way around, and anybody in that circle that stops completely clogged up the traffic Mm -hmm. and you can't. And and a lot of times people will complain because a lot of people say coming from church, come down university parks drive to go into the residential area. Well, they couldn't get in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, that was, that was one of the big, that was one of the main problems that we had, not to mention some of the other stuff that was going on. Mm -hmm. The, the decision to uh, introduce mounted Rangers into the park it seems like part of that is to address this issue in that um, police officers couldn't move freely in the park. But can you talk a little bit about that change, the introduction of mounted rangers? And yeah, uh, actually, and I don't know what. Well, I say I don't know what brought about the decision, mm-hmm. but I'm sure the city felt like that. Hey, we we need to be able to do something to control the activities that went on in the park because there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on that just didn't need to be, so to speak. So I guess at some point or another, the, the, the parks department decided, hey, maybe if we hire park rangers, 
we can curtail a lot of the activities. And I felt that way too. I just felt like what what made the park, what drew the attention of the people to the park was there was no supervision and there was no authority. Because yeah. the police department, when I went to work for them, didn't have anybody down there. Mm-hmm. I think they started getting complaints about traffic. So they started sending, but there was a lot of other activity going on down there that didn't involve traffic, such as I saw dog fights and people actually brought their dog down there to fight. So, I mean, it wasn't a coincidence where you have a dog and I have a dog and dogs just get off the chain and get it. They brought their dogs. Then I saw people gambling, you know? So these are some of the activities that a bunch of people went down there for. So you couple that with people just in the park, not involved in any of those activities. And the majority of the people that was in the park was not involved in those activities. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of people that was involved in those activities. Now you couple that with not being able to get authority in there to do anything about it, and you got a mess. Yeah. So, But when they put park rangers in the park, and they actually put us us in there in mounted units, it kind of, people kind of noticed, it kind of changed things because all of a sudden now, what you weren't being watched doing, now you're being watched doing it. And a lot of people don't want to do it if they feel like that there's somebody with some authority that's noticing what's going on. Because there was a lot of good people in the park. I mean, I, I have actually been to the park. Well, I've been in the park all my life. Mm-hmm. So I know there was good people in the park. It was just a case of ain't nobody paying no attention. Yeah, You know, ain't no big deal. But when it became a big deal and they started noticing that the city started caring about it, it started changing in a hurry. Yeah. And so some of that stuff uh, stuff that you talked about, those activities had kind of grown over time because no one was supervising it. Exactly. Yeah, no one was exactly. supervising it. One, one, yeah. one of the things they talked about, and I, and I hear this a lot in my community, was they would actually go down there the night before, and Sunday was always a big day in the park, come by them. Mm-hmm. They would actually go down there uh, the night before and sleep on a picnic table so they could use it as a gambling device. I mean, they actually do that. Got young guys would go down there and actually sleep on the picnic table. And when I first heard it, I thought, oh, that's, that's crazy. But, you know, when you hear it from enough people, it's not hard to believe. Then mm-hmm. that's kind of was the case. And then we started witnessing it. But, again, after they put park rangers in the park, it kind of, kind of changed a, a lot of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, a, and a lot of it was just being able to communicate with people, mm-hmm. you know, being able to let them know, hey, you, 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 you can't do that. Oh, we can't, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, that's the response you got. Oh, we can't? No, you can't. Well, I, I'm interested in these early encounters when you first kind of go into the park. Um, when the Ranger program started, and you started in 86, uh, how were you equipped? How were you trained? You know, any, any sort of special uh, changes that came in with the Ranger program, or was it similar to what you were trying to do before? Well, it, it, was, it, was, it was actually it was totally different than what we was trying to do before. Mm-hmm. When, originally, we went, when I went in and worked, we just went in and worked as police officers. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and the, biggest, the biggest concern was, was traffic. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as as park rangers, we went in with a total different training aspect. Uh, we actually, it, and most of our training was done through uh, being mounted. Mm-hmm. We felt like being on a horse, 
being up above everybody gave yeah. us an advantage. And it did, gave us an advantage. And uh, so we, we went through some, some PD training. Uh, we went through some psychological training. We went through some, we trained, but we trained mainly as a mounted unit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was one of the biggest things that the city could have done, one of the best things that the city could have done in terms of getting people's attention. Because when you go down there on a, on a and I had a, I had a pretty good size horse, you know, when you go down there on a horse, you know, you can do a couple of things. You first get people's attention and you can move them real easy if you need to move them. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we were able to move around. So we, we weren't in traffic. We could actually go and we could actually see who's holding up traffic, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of times, like I say, people, just, they did it because they didn't feel like, hey, nobody's paying any attention. So it's not. But if you're right there and you're telling guys, hey, you, you can't stop here, you can't park here, I know you want to talk to her or whoever you want to talk to, but you got to. I would imagine it was usually her. It's, yeah, yeah it, was, it was her. And trust me, the hers was down there to talk to him, and it created a problem. <laughs> had, had you had much experience with horses before then? A little bit. A, a little bit. Not a whole lot, but a little, little bit. I had a little bit of experience. So there was a little learning curve there for you oh, yeah. as well. That was a big learning curve. <laughs> I mean, I could ride a horse, but there was a lot of, lot of technique uh, with handling a horse that – that I wasn't familiar with, but I, I'd been on horseback before. So mm-hmm. that was the extent of my, my horse training, but I actually got legitimate horse training. You know, I learned how to use certain techniques to get a horse to sidestep and, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. pretty interesting. When that opportunity presented itself, did you know that's what you wanted to do? I, I I didn't I did I didn't know I I just knew I was told by somebody that the city was uh, was actually going to employ park rangers. I didn't I didn't have any detailed information. I didn't know if they were going to be commissioned law enforcement officers. I didn't know if I I mean I didn't know how they were going to accomplish what they needed to accomplish. But the one good thing I had going for me was I wasn't afraid of the park. I wasn't afraid of the people. I didn't think the people were bad people. Yeah. So I wasn't afraid of the park. So whichever direction they decided to go in, I was I was comfortable with that. Now, I didn't know I was going to do it for thirty years. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't. I didn't know I'd make thirty years, but I knew I'd give it a try because I thought it was something interesting. And 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 it and it frustrated me sometimes with watching the traffic and and seeing yeah. what was going on and 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 having the idea that you know the they're only doing this because they feel like they can get away with it and nobody cares yeah it's the only reason they're doing this they're, yeah. they're not bad people well one thing that you said there that i think was important is this was a period of time where some people were afraid of the park a lot of people were afraid of them and they had good reason to be afraid of the park i mean think think about a guy just think about pecan bottoms being full of people and I, when I say full of people, I mean full of people. And a guy running a horse wide open down through there, and you have a child, and that child runs out in front of that horse. Mm-hmm. So I, I think people had reasons to be afraid. Mm-hmm. you know. But I, I, I used to tell people all the time, I have my concerns about Cameron Park at nighttime. 
I do. I mean, I just maybe from being in law enforcement or whatever. But I had no worries about camera parking during the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like it was as safe as H-E-B's parking lot during the day. But then if you go down there at night and you especially get out of the come bottoms area and you go into some of those other areas, you may have some problems. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk about that in a minute. But, okay. But I'd like to talk about the when you when you first went into the park – on mounted units and maybe some of some memories you have initially of kind of that transition period where you're trying to bring this thing into control under control when it was kind of the wild, wild west out there for a while. Well, yeah. And it's definitely the wild, wild west. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Well, we went, we went into the, we we originally went, well, we went into the park long before we went into the park for battle, so to speak. Uh We, we, the park was a non-issue during weekdays. So we actually went into the park on weekdays, and we familiarized ourselves with the park. We familiarized ourselves with the trails. We familiarized ourselves with the horses. So we did a lot of that before we actually went in, mm-hmm. say, on a Sunday, yeah. knowing that the circumstances on Sunday was going to be totally different than the circumstances on Monday. And we basically went in, and we didn't, we engage with people just to kind of give them an idea of what we're trying to do, not in the sense of we have the authority, you have to do it. We say we just kind of, you know, hey, traffic needs to keep moving. Uh, we, we, we right off the bat eliminated a lot of stuff just, just by virtue of being there. Didn't mm-hmm. have to do anything, just be there. And we eliminated the, the dog fighting. Uh, we eliminated the gambling. You know, and uh, we still had issues with people bringing horses down there. So we had to really just kind of get in and go, hey, this is not going to work. You don't have we have a horse trail and you can keep your horse on the trail, but you're not allowed to ride horses inside the become bottoms and things. like. So we had to do some enforcement, but but people complied. Mm-hmm. P- people complied. Now, we still had issues in the park. We had issues for, we had issues basically until we actually took the circle out. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, uh, it was uh, a, a transition type thing, but it wasn't that big of a deal because people just had felt like nobody's watching and nobody cared. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. I'm not in law enforcement. Making an arrest on horseback, I mean, how does that work? Is that is that working as a team if well, you've got to make an arrest? Well, we we basically what we did, if we observed something, we one one advantage we had was we were actually tied into the dispatch. Okay. So you got radio. We got radio. Yeah, yeah. And we're actually tied in. We're directly in. We have the same radio that PD had. Mm-hmm. So we know we can monitor the radio. We hear what's going on and we can go if we need a police officer. We can get a week in the process of our training. We made it perfectly clear to Waco that we're not going to call you guys if we don't need you. Yeah. We're not just going to call you for anything. Yeah. So they, they kind of, we kind of had a relationship because I was familiar with a lot of the police officers at Mm -hmm. that time. We kind of had a relationship that if we call you, we need you. So as we, so we were fairly comfortable with that and we didn't, we didn't do there wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of open activity that required people to be arrested. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and if we saw something that that involved the PD, we basically our, our theory was we bring in the PD, we explain to them what we got, and we let them make the decision as to what happens from there. Okay, um, interesting. Now you're on horseback. Um, what other equipment do you have with you? I mean, what what you mentioned you you've got a radio. How else are you, in this early period, how are you equipped as far as what do you have on you with your horse? A radio and a flashlight. <laughs> we don't, no weapons, no nightsticks, none of, none, of the, none of the police, none of the police gear. Because we, we didn't want people to perceive us. We had a badge. Yeah. So, so we had some authority. Yeah. But we, we, didn't, we didn't want to go in as police officers. Yeah. We wanted to be... We was conscious of the fact that, hey, we want to go in, we want to be able to communicate with people because I, the key for us is being able to communicate and being on the back of that horse. Yeah. So we very rarely got off the back of that horse. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't go in with, so to speak, police authority. Yeah. We went in and we tried to explain to people, okay, here's the reason you can't do that, you know. And it worked. I think it worked for the most part. You always gonna have a situation where <laughs> it just don't work, you know. Yeah. And when you get to the point to where it just don't work, then you you stop trying to make it work, and you just say, "Let me get an outside here, and and maybe maybe they can make you understand, you know, you can't do this." Well, but you had a history working for DPS and in with uh, the Waco Police. So, did you ever reach for your hip? Did you ever get the situation where you, you reach for your hip and then remembered? Oh, you, you know there was a there was a time when when there was conversations about about being commissioned, about being armed, and 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 we sat down and, and you know and I kind of explained to guys that I've been on both sides of that fence. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been on the side where you you have a side on, and I've been on the side where you don't have a side on. And let me let me tell y'all, y'all don't realize it. But you're better off not having a weapon than you are having a weapon. Because the one thing you're not is you, you're not a real threat to people. Because you're not you're not law enforcement. Now, if you if you got a gun and you start making arrests every day, you're gonna just become a regular police officer. Mm-hmm. And you know, we would I think the administration and the parks department, I don't think they really wanted that. You know, yeah. I, I think they wanted the park back, but I think they wanted it back the way they wanted it back. I don't think they, because they could have easily said, hey, let's hire five police officers and send them down there, and we can clean the park out. You know, I don't think they wanted that. I think they wanted people to come to the park. I think they wanted them to use the park, but I think they wanted them to understand that there's parameters for being able to use the park. You just can't do what you want to do. So I think that's why they come up with park rangers. Well, I also think, is one thing you're saying there also that if you'd had a sidearm, there may have been more violence in well, or how you'd been received. I, I think it's yeah. I think it's how you've been received or perceived, and I think it's also how you would be perceived by the police department. Remember, yeah. one of the things I said was that if we needed a police officer, we could get a police officer in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And when I say in a hurry, in a, especially as long as you was in the pecan bottom area. Now yeah. you're getting some of the other areas. They may, where you, I can't find you, you know. But it, now if you're commissioned mm-hmm. and you have a weapon, I'm not sure how the police department would view that. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because the question becomes, what do you call it be for? Yeah. 
you know, yeah. what, are you, what are you calling me for? You you're commissioned police officer. You have all the authority I have. So why don't you just go ahead and take care of it? Yeah. So I, I, I think that's the reason I was so hard pressed on being against it. And the fact that in a lot of cases we work alone. Yeah. Yeah. We, we it would be one park ranger and I, in, in all of my days at the police department, anytime there was a, uh, what they call a 1015, which is a domestic disturbance, they never sent one officer. Yeah. They never. So you got to realize you're out here by yourself. So if you commissioned, you may not be getting no backup. Yeah. You know, but if you uncommissioned, so to speak, and you find something, and one of the things I used to tell my guys all the time was don't go into something that you weren't comfortable going into. You make that decision. Don't let, don't, don't. If you're not comfortable, just leave it alone. Call the police department. You see a suspicious vehicle and you think it's something going down that that's outside of our perimeters, just call the police officer. Mm-hmm. You, you can do that. You can get away with that. You know, but I don't know if you can get away with that if you commission. Yeah. And you also talked a little bit, Larry, about uh, how you use your horse as kind of a, not only a symbol of your authority, but, you, you know, you don't get off the horse that horse gives you an advantage that you don't want to lose. It right? gives you a tremendous advantage yeah. you don't want to lose. I mean, you don't want to get off that horse. And you, you got you got two issues when you get off of that horse. Whatever whatever situation you're fixing to deal with, you got a you got a horse here and you got a situation here. When you're on that horse, all you have to worry about is the situation that you're dealing mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And even if it comes to separating people or moving people, there's nothing better than being on that horse as opposed to you being on the ground trying to make that decision and hoping somebody is on their way. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, I've spent a a few years, not as many years as you, but I've spent a few years in the park and I kind of have a mental map of the park and the areas of the park, but I'd I'd love to pick at yours and just think about kind of how, you kind of think about the different, we've talked a lot about pecan bottoms, but how you think about the different areas of the park and kind of how that, how that's in your mind as you think about the park. And this evolves over time. I understand, but yeah. Well, the, 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 the problem area or what we perceive to be the problem area of the park was pecan bottoms. Mm-hmm. And, and basically on, well, sometimes through the week, but mainly on, on the weekend, on, mm-hmm. on, on a Sunday. The rest of the park was just as quiet and common as, as you can as you can get. Now, the last few years I was in the park, they, uh, they installed restrooms in some locations where they didn't have restrooms. And so a lot of times you would, you would be in the park and you would catch men Mm-hmm. Never caught no women, mm-hmm. men in the bushes. And, you know, I always attributed to the fact that there's no restroom. And I used to, and that question used to come up all the time. Why can't? It's too expensive. You have to have lift stations. You have to do this. You have, well, they finally went and did it. And that cut out a lot of the, the because, you know, pe- people come to the park for picnics and they bring alcoholic beverages. And, you know, you drink a few beers. Your your bladder is going to let you know, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we 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 ran across quite a bit of that. Yeah, 
public urination, public and urination, and things basically like that. what it boils down to. Yeah, we yeah. ran across quite a bit of public urination, and and we 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 kind of leaned on the side of this guy's trying his best to hide. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of leaned on that side. This mm-hmm. guy's trying his best to hide. <laughs> so, you know. And in a, in a lot of cases, we brought it, we brought it to people's attention, but we weren't we weren't out to get people, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, we we never we never developed that attitude. Yeah. You know? And and when I when I was kind of took over, I definitely didn't have the approach of let's try to get people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, we're not looking for uh, people to write tickets to, or if if they're not if they're doing something that requires law enforcement or that requires being arrested, that's fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about that. But let's not go and try to find stuff to arrest people for or to call the police for because we want people to come to the park. Mm-hmm. We actually want we want people to visit the park. We want them to have a good time. and uh, we, But we want them to understand, can't take our trees. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't take our trees. City has, a, and, and that's a hard thing to get over to people too. Is the fact that city has an ordinance that don't allow you to take dead vegetation out, and people will go, "Well, the tree was already down." It doesn't make any difference because we don't know the tree was already down. Mm-hmm. You know, so we deal with a lot of that. We people, people trying to harvest things. Yes. Out oh yes. Oh plant. yes. Yeah. Any people planting things out in the park? No. Okay. No, no. We we didn't get that end of it. We got a lot of people actually small trees and stuff like that actually digging them up and and taking them and and you know and 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 and, and most of the people probably you, you can tell when you've run across somebody that actually really didn't think. Mm-hmm. It's just a small tree. It's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is. If everybody decides they want to take one, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you you make them understand that. Yeah. Think about it from this perspective: if it was just open to the public, and you had the free run to just come down here and take trees, we wouldn't have no trees. Mm-hmm. And we have we've had people. I, I know one of my rangers used to always. He was adamant. He lives in the country. He's a country guy, and. He was adamant. People used to tell him, he used to tell me, people used to tell him all the time, man, I seen a big old snake right over there. And he go, they live out here. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned the park during the day and the park at night. Um, I guess, uh, what hours are you patrolling? I mean, or is there a presence in the park? We we, yeah. we work, we, we, we have certain areas in the park that we actually close. Okay. So, you know, some of the uh, uh, Lawson's Point. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember them now. It's been a been a minute since. Ma- mouth of the Mouth of the Bosky. Yeah. 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 Uh, Emmons uh, Cliff or yeah. whatever. The, yeah. Lovers Leap. Yeah. We have areas that we actually close, and we typically close those areas. The park has a curfew. Uh-huh. To begin with, it has an actual curfew, with the exception of the public roadways. And the road that goes in and out of the park is considered a public roadway, so it didn't have no closures. But the the different sites had closures, and we normally close those areas around midnight. So we had rangers working up until midnight. Okay. And after after midnight, we we would we would lock up, lock those areas up, 
and uh, that pretty much that's late as we went. Okay. Well, uh, you you said night night was different. It was. It yeah. Is. So so talk about after sunset being in some of these areas. Well, yeah. you you get after 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 the sun goes down and you can't actually lay out on the ground with a pallet uh, or a blanket and have a picnic. Uh, you get other type of activity that booze in, you know, you get, you get people that's meeting people to sell stuff. Mm-hmm. You're getting people that's meeting people to get involved in other activities. So that's kind of, and, and, and what happens is you as a park patron don't want to accidentally run up on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to accidentally run up on that because the city of Waco and, and every city has what they call plainclothes police officers, narcotic agents, and you pretty much could be mistaken for one, and you just don't know what could happen. So that's what I mean when I say that different type of activity that goes on, and that's one of the reasons I told my guys, if you see something that looks suspicious and you're not comfortable approaching that vehicle, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Don't You make the decision. I'm not comfortable with approaching that vehicle. Something's not right. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Just just stand back. Call Waco. Hey, this is what I've got, you know, and uh, this is the reason I think that something's going on. You let them handle it. Mm-hmm. So. Were there cases where you found yourself in a situation that that you you would have you didn't realize what you were getting yourself into? Not me. Okay. Not me because I had experience. I guess, I guess it was my experience or, uh, and, and I was, and I was familiar with it and I, and I, I kept it, I kept it in my head when I was actually out there working. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, you, you know, you, you, you can, you can pretty much, I say you could pretty much, I just had, I, I just, I had this theory that if it if it made my heart beat faster, it's probably not a good idea, you know. And I and I I carried that with me. Mm-hmm. I, I actually carried that with me throughout throughout the time I worked there. Now yeah. I wasn't afraid. I was just cautious of what could be, mm-hmm. and so that kind of that kind of worked. And I kind of I kind of preached that because I didn't want anybody to get hurt. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't want I didn't I didn't want us to get hurt because once you get a park ranger hurt or you get some down the city's gotta rethink, okay, what what are we doing? And as far as I know, I know during the time I worked on we we never got we never got anybody hurt. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah. I think we attributed I attributed to the fact that if you don't feel comfortable, then don't approach that vehicle. Because mm-hmm. you don't know. Yeah. But it sounds like some of your rangers did get themselves in a situation. I, I, you know, I'm trying to think back. I, yeah. I, I know it happened. Yeah, I, I know it happened. Yeah, uh, on, on several occasions. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. It, but, but the one thing when we when we did sit down and have a discussion about it was the fact that I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was comfortable up until the point to where I wasn't comfortable. Yeah, you know, so. Were there occasions where you would call in another ranger in, in a certain situation if you felt like you needed that level of backup? You didn't want to necessarily call 
Yeah, Waco PD. Yeah, yeah. That, that, now that happened. That, that happened all the time. Mm-hmm. That 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 happened all the time. We would actually have. We may have two or three rangers working, and we may have one in one vehicle and two in another vehicle, and we would all that we always. Hey, I've got a suspicious looking vehicle up here, Lovers Leap, and mm-hmm. you know I point your head this way. So we we did that. We did that all the time. Yeah, and and that could be the case where we had a lot of issues with people being on the other side of the wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 A lot of, a lot of issues with that. And, and, And one of the things, one of my rangers said to me was every time he talked to people, they would go, Oh, I'm not going to fall. He said, that's the, that's the first thing somebody said after they fell. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to fall. But we had, we had, we had a lot of problems with that. We actually had to go up because we didn't have any signage. We had an ordinance that prohibited you from being on the other side of the wall, but we didn't have any signage. So we put up signs. We did all kind of stuff. It just it it didn't seem to deter people. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just when I when I took that job, I was actually I went I actually went up to Lovers Leap, and I could walk to the edge of that cliff and put my feet on the edge of that cliff. When I retired. I couldn't do it. I actually, I didn't have the nerve to walk. And what what a lot of people didn't realize, and I didn't either growing up, was it's a lot of that rock is Austin chalk, mm. and it's very, very, it's very brittle, right? Brittle, yeah, very brittle. And you just never know when you're standing there and a piece gives away, and your feet slip off from under you, mm-hmm. and you're in bad shape at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably the most dangerous area of the park is that area. Did, did y'all develop kind of a protocol for how you would handle those sorts of things? Because uh, it, it seems like it would happen every so often. That And, and it did, yeah. and, 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 and basically because we didn't carry the equipment or have the manpower, we left it to the fire department. Mm-hmm. We Basically, if we, if we found a situation, and, and there have been people to fall and not fall all the way to the bottom. Yeah. Well, we basically, because we weren't a rescue service or anything, we didn't try to provide anything. But, hey, we get in the fire department, and the fire department has uh, repelling equipment and all kind of stuff so they can handle that situation. So that's kind of the way we roll with that. Okay. Yeah, and, of course, there may be a situation where they need to bring something in by boat if they go all the way down. And they did that. They've had people... They've had, I said they had some people that didn't get all the way to the bottom. They had a bunch of people that got all the way to the bottom. And the way to get them out was by boat. Mm-hmm. So they, and we actually had a boat. Yeah, we, we act when, uh, when, uh, when Baylor opened up his new stadium, we knew that there was going to be some issues on the, on the, on the water. Mm-hmm. So the city actually got us a boat and we actually patrolled. And, and patrolling by boat is very valuable because it gives us access to that bottom river trail, and we're actually able to see up without having to get off of, get out of the vehicle, walk down through there, and do all that. So it was, it has some value to it too. Yeah, that river trail is the most used trail in the park. In the park, yeah, yeah, yeah you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And see, we had a we had a park ranger, Matt Keel, Baylor student, mm-hmm. and. He uh, he became a uh, game one, so he would he actually called me. 
great, great kid, great young man. Mm-hmm. He actually called me and he says, Hey, I can, I can ride on y'all's boat sometimes if you want me to. I said, man, you can ride on our boat anytime we take it out. He said, but my only problem, Larry, is if, if, if I see a violation, I have to issue my ticket. Mm-hmm. I said, it's fine with me. It's fine. So he wrote a couple of times, you know. So it, it gave us it gave us some legitimacy. It gave us some authority, you know. And uh, he uh, I'm, I, he never wrote any tickets with me. Mm-hmm. He may have written tickets with other guys, but but I thought it was a a great venture because he would come down and uh, he'd get on the boat and you know they'd actually patrol. And when you got a game warden uh, saying this is the way it is, then people have a tendency to pay attention. Yeah. Um, even as you're talking about the river, I started thinking, thinking about what it's been called different things, Brazos Park East or, or Cameron Park East, which yeah. was a confusing thing, yeah. <laughs> thing yeah. to call it. Uh, so how would, how do, how was use over there? I mean, how did that evolve kind of on that side of the river? It, it, it was, it was used, but it wasn't used nearly as much as or even like Cameron Park, which mm-hmm. was a mystery to me. I always thought that it's, it's, it's so much easier to go over there and and conjugate over there. And even with the road, it was not a public roadway. So if you went down there and, and it blocked traffic, it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But they, they never... For some Just reason, didn't get much use. Didn't get much use. Yeah, didn't get much. Didn't get much use at all. Mm-hmm. And it has all the convenience. It has restroom facilities. It has pavilions. It has uh, horseshoe pits. It has boat ramps. It has all the convenience of Cameron Park. But for some reason, it just never got the use. Yeah, you know they bypassed that area to get to Cameron Park. Mm-hmm. And I, that was always a mystery to me. Yeah, I, I always thought one of the things, one of the reasons they called it Cameron Park East was to try to get people the, over there. But then it got confused in which part of Cameron Park. And I think you it, they, they, have yeah. they renamed it now? Yeah, is it is it Brazos Park? East? Yeah, it's Brad, Brazos Park East or yeah. Brazos River East or yeah. something like yeah, that. I yeah, I think they, I yeah. think they renamed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, one thing I knew I wanted to apologize for, Larry, is I was a. Baylor freshman in 1986. So if I had a date and we wanted to kiss, we, you know, we couldn't stay in the dorm. And so we would go to places. So I, so I know one of the things you were busting up over there is, is, uh, is Baylor students that were kissing each other or at least, yeah, who, who knows what was going on. <laughs> we're leaving it kissing each other. <laughs> but, but, but I know that was probably a continual annoyance is people parking in the park. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was that was that was kind of a that was kind of a uh, yeah. And until until we 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 eliminated a lot of it when we got the gates, mm-hmm. we went in and got the gates, and we had a lot of resistance to the gates. People people didn't want them. People didn't want didn't want to see us, you know, block off certain areas and 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 uh, you know not not allow traffic in all through the night. And, and the theory was, what what's in the park after midnight? You know what's in the park? Yeah, Baylor students kissing. <laughs> but yeah. just the idea that, that you're not really limiting the public's access if you close it at midnight. Correct. Yeah. When did y'all start doing that? Do you remember around about? Ooh, yeah. 
And you know, believe it or not, I thought about that question because yeah. I, I knew that question. I had a feeling that question was going <laughs> to come up, and I was trying to run it through my head. Yeah. When did we actually put those gates in? And to be honest with you, I cannot remember. I, I can't. I can't. But it's been some time that they they've been there. I, I want to yeah. say since ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Some some I want to say since since ninety yeah we been we installed those gates and mm-hmm. uh, started started and we we've had some of the issues we've had is people getting locked inside mm-hmm. or people leaving their car one vehicle picking up somebody else driving out of the park leaving the vehicle in and not coming back to get it to after midnight and realize. It's <laughs> trapped. It's trapped, you know. So we had, we had quite a bit of that early on, early mm-hmm. on. I think at, at some point they kind of got the point that, hey, you know, it's a, you need to be out by midnight. You know, one of the things that comes with you guys being in there and patrolling the park so closely is you you start to realize some of the improvements like that that are really needed in the park. Um and I, I'm thinking a little bit about the centennial and the improvements that came with the centennial, but gates is obviously an improvement. If, mm-hmm. if you want to come up with a way to kind of control activity in the park in a good way, were there some other things that you feel like y'all's exposure and work with the park helped you realize needed to be changed and needed to be improved? Well, I think yeah. the, bi- the biggest thing was the gates, mm-hmm. but, and I think the next biggest thing was we actually put restrooms in locations where we didn't have them, mm-hmm. and I think that was I think that was a, a a a plus for the park. And we did some we did a a lot of park improvement. They did they did quite a bit of park improvement. And I just think that it had probably I don't know how long it had been since the city invested any money in the park, but I think when they started investing money in the park, I think people started realizing, hey, you know what, this is a nice place. And let's just not drive along the street and throw our bag, our McDonald's bag out. Let's, you know, the city care, so we ought to care too. And I think that gets people's attention. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you take care of something, people will help you take care of it. Mm-hmm. So, so they, we did, we did some, we did some improvements, especially when um, Rusty Black mm-hmm. came to director, and he, he's, he's the type of guy. He's gonna push a little bit for what he believes, and he did that. He did that with the park. They put in some curves. They improved some streets. They put in some restrooms. Uh, they redid Redwood Shelter mm-hmm. uh, area, you know, because it was a gravel parking lot. When yeah. I, when I was, I'm pretty sure when you was in school, it was a gravel parking lot. And uh, they redid. They put a footbridge from from Pecan Bottoms over to Redwood Shelter. So there's a, there's a lot of things they did. They they went down to uh, ah, what is the the pavilion that has a little waterfall. It's it's Proctor Springs. Proctor Springs. Mm-hmm. They went in and did a ton of work in Proctor Springs. Mm-hmm. They put up they put a path from from uh, Pecan Bottoms uh, over to Proctor Springs. So they they did a yeah. lot of work, and I and I think that uh, I think the I think the citizens appreciated it, and I and I think it shows. I really do. I think it shows. I think because people are not so much to trash it out. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that that I think really really made the park. 
a much more of a family environment. Yeah. And that's something I think you were getting at earlier. You you still had families trying to use the park, but you had this other activity. Well, people yeah. people were afraid. Yeah, people people were afraid for for a number of reasons. You know, first of all, they were intimidated by a, a group of whatever numbers just kind of hanging around. And 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 my my grandmother doesn't want to hear a nineteen year old's conversation. Just, it don't work. She just doesn't want to hear it, you know. So you got these kids over here, and, and, and they're not talking to their group. They're talking to everybody, you know. They're, they're talking with their group, but they're talking to everybody. And you can hear the conversation, mm-hmm. and it's just it becomes intimidating. And even the people that try, they, they go, nah, I'm, you know, I'm, go, I'm going home. I'm, I'm going to move. And uh, so that's what we got. So we didn't get. We didn't get those family activities in Pecan Bottom. But we did get a lot of family activities in other areas, even on weekends in the park. We just didn't get it in that area, right? And that was the most dominant area. Yeah. We just didn't get it in that area right there. Yeah. Um, do you have no- noise? The city has a noise ordinance, right? Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. H- how do you, how do you, how do you uh, police that if you're in the park as far as? Well, we, yeah. th- th- when I went in the park, yeah. the city didn't have a, they didn't have a radio noise ordinance. Okay. Remember later on they came out with an ordinance that, that actually curtailed how loud you could play your music. They didn't yeah. have that when I went in the park. Okay. And we didn't have a vehicle noise ordinance because we had nobody going over three miles an hour. <laughs> so we weren't, we weren't ripping up pipes and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, so we really wasn't really a big concern of ours as far as Nards was concerned. And we did get, uh, we get, I can remember distinctly a young man that had a Jeep. And I I don't know what he had to pay for those speakers, but he could, he could, he actually could light up the bridge. You know, he'd go under the Herring Street Bridge and he'd always get him a parking spot. So that means he'd come early because you're not looking at, you're looking at, this only took place for about four hours, uh-huh. three or four hours. But he, he would always get him a spot under the Heron Street Bridge and he would, you could hear his music pretty much everywhere. And we didn't, we didn't have a, we didn't have an ordinance that yeah. prohibited him from doing it. I said, yeah, he had a, he had a natural kind of mag, it would magnify his sound there I, under I, the bridge. I, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Larry, when do you, when do you think the kind of the public perception of the park started changing a little bit, and you know those, those areas of use? Because I think of Pecan Bottoms now as a very family area, yes. splash yes. pad there, people having picnics and walking along the river. I, I I think I think when the I think when the city when the first thing the city did was take take the circle out mm-hmm. that helped. Mm-hmm. The second thing the city did was uh, they put a pavilion down there. They put a restroom down there, mm-hmm. and they put a splash pad down there. I think when they did that work there, it completely changed the perception of Pecan Bottom. Mm-hmm. And I think the part of the reason that Pecan Bottoms had the perception it had was because it didn't have any family activities. Yeah, you know, now you got now you're inviting families to come down because you got the splash pad, you got restroom facilities, you know, uh, you got a pavilion. So it, I think whatever year that was, and, and don't make me go back and try to remember what year that was, but whatever year that was, I think that changed the perception of the park greatly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because that's the gateway to the park. Yes, I mean. yes, and they've done yeah. a they've done a lot of lot of good things since I've been gone. So I've seen some of the animals that they yeah. put down there that, you know, and all I think all that is kind of family oriented because you can take your young kids down there and you can have a conversation about some of the animals that's down there. Well, they didn't have that. They didn't mm -hmm. have that. But they actually, when I went in 85 and 86, they didn't have nothing. Yeah. It was just a big open space area, you know? So how inviting is that? Yeah, even putting the zoo in there. Yeah, and, and what a what a uh, destination and a draw that is for yeah. families. That, yeah, that that's made a that's made a big big difference. But I think some of the things that they've done in the park has made a tremendous difference, and I think it's made the park become more of a more of a. Because I've I've seen people. We have people down there with that that uh, would bring their kids through the week, and they splash get in the splash pad and and my daughter had her kid birthday down so there's there some things that and went and, and, and a lot of people see this type of activity they go somewhere else mm -hmm. they, they go somewhere else yeah you know they don't they don't they don't because again I said these these weren't bad people these are not bad people it's just that if you're not watching me I might have a tendency to do something I wouldn't normally do. Mm -hmm. But when you got people down there, you got adults down there, responsible adults down there, you got children down there. Ah, I, I don't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something different. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's not that I'm gonna stop doing it. I'm just gonna go somewhere. I'm else. just gonna go somewhere else. You're exactly right. I'm not gonna stop doing it. I'm yeah. just gonna go somewhere else. A little, little bit more isolated area. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. gonna do it out here in, in the public in front of these kids. And so, and I think that's what changed the perception of the park. Mm -hmm. The uh, were there any stories you can kind of remember of other areas? I, I just thinking, you know, you could, there's areas in the park that you can be where you might as well be a hundred miles away from civilization. I mean, cause when you, you get you, off the road. Yeah. When you get off the road and you get back on some of those trails, there's really areas of the park you can get in that are wilderness. I mean, it's yes. really wilderness. Yes. The yeah. most beautiful area in the park, the most beautiful area in the park is when you go down from Lover's Leap toward Cameron, I mean toward MCC, mm -hmm. there's an area back there that people don't even frequent that is beautiful. I mean, it is the vegetation is beautiful. It ain't been trampled on. I mean, it is literally just it's gorgeous back there. And and and, and we we've been back there on a, on occasion. We didn't go a lot. Because there's nobody back there, but it is really, really a beautiful area. Mm -hmm. Now there's no there's no picnic area back there, or you know you really can't you can't. I wouldn't suggest you lay in the grass back there because I don't know what you'd run across. But as far as beauty, it's a beautiful area. Mm -hmm. What's that area called? Do you I, I don't think it has a name. It have a name because because one thing I I thought about with this if if you're going to respond to certain areas. Some of these areas didn't really have names to them. You had to come up with. Well, we went in, yeah. though. We went in, and the, the areas between, uh, uh, say, uh, the mouth of the Bosque, you know, we went in and actually we labeled all that. And I want to say somebody from Baylor helped us do it. Okay. We've got, uh, we've got, we've got trails named. Yeah. We've got, we put up some location markers. So we've done, we've done, we created a map. Mm -hmm. That you can actually yeah. open the map, yeah. look at it, and see where see where you are. So we've identified 
before I left, a lot of areas that was kind of blank, so to speak. Kind of like what the county did when they come up with 911. Yeah. You know, they named this street and named it. Well, we did a lot of that in the park. Yeah. Uh, all the trails are named, even difficulty ratings on the oh, trails. And, and they're serious, too. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, they, they're, they're serious. Some of those bike trails are are serious. Uh-huh. But but even even those are the things that bring in the bikers. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, if you're yeah. a serious biker, if mm-hmm. if you're a serious biker, you know, I I've talked to guys from a lot of different places and they tell me, "Hey, man, y'all got some of the best bike trails in the state of Texas, if not in the United States." But again, you know, you really have to you get off on the wrong trail, you can it can become dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, it can actually become dangerous. I wasn't a tra- I wasn't a bike guy. I rode a bike. Uh, we had bikes too, and I rode a bike a little bit, but I just didn't want to get beat up. So, you know, I uh, I uh, I was kind of moving on in age, and I I wasn't thrilled. But I had some guys that was was Kim Jennings. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with Kim. Kim was a biker, and she, you know, she was. I mean, she tackled some of those trails, and and I talked to some of those guys, and they tell me you come over here, and that trail drops straight down, you know. And so you have to know how to maneuver your gears and do this and do that, cause you know, or if not, you're gonna tumble. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a given; you're gonna tumble, so it can it can become dangerous. Yeah, yeah, definitely quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, any other areas that are kind of favorite areas of the park for you? Yeah, I uh, I uh, I uh, I probably favor Lovers Leap more than more than uh, any area in the park. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why. I guess because of the view, you know, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful view. Uh, and especially when they went in with some of the remodeling, where they put in some parking areas where you right there by the wall, and you can just get out. And uh, picnic areas and stuff. So I probably I probably favor Cameron Park more so than any any other any other area in the park. But I like them all. I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was a beautiful park. Mm-hmm. I really do. I thought it, I thought it was a, I thought it was a beautiful park, and uh, I liked all the areas. It's an interesting solution they came up with for the fence problem at, at Lover's Leap. You know, because the the idea of how do you keep the view. Yeah, and put in a fence, and and I thought the solution they came up with with this last uh, solution when they did the centennial kind of remodel up there, where you can still see over it, but you still have the fence. And there was a lot of conversation about that centennial, a Mm -hmm. lot of conversation about the centennial issues, you know, because at one time they talked about putting up kind of a a mesh after the wall and putting up a mesh fence and. And I guess they sell along. Hey, let's let's just, just let's try to let's try to uh, just monitor it, keep people on the right side of the wall. We don't want to we don't want to take away from the beauty by adding a whole bunch of stuff. So you know, but I agree with you. I think I think what they did really really shaped up. Yeah, if you had a motivated idiot. I mean, they're go- they're going to find their way. Yes, yes, and and I think that was the the final conclusion. Yeah, there's no way we're going to be able to prevent everybody from getting on the other side of that that fence or that wall. I don't care what we do. Somebody's going to if they're motivated enough, or if they have enough alcohol in them, they're going to find a way to get over there. That's right. And alcohol played a big part in it. It played a huge part in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. 
and created, I'm sure created some of your problems. Oh, <laughs> well, you get, you get, you get, you get guts. It gives you, it, it gives you a false sense of maybe I can fly. I've, I've heard it called liquid courage. Liquid right? courage. You're exactly right. I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> you, you, you see a person today that has a, a lot of liquid courage and you see them the next day and you wonder, are they the same people? You know, that's the same guy. <laughs> so, uh, it's just really interesting, Larry, in talking to you because you experienced the, the the park as a kid, and and then you spent so many years in the park, working the park as a, as a as a job. And how do you kind of think of the park today as you kind of think about Cameron Park and, and Waco? I I don't go to the park a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not a it's it's, it's not a place. You know, and, and and I attribute that to the fact that I spent. <laughs> 30 years working in Nepal, yeah. you know, so when I got a chance to get out of Nepal, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, uh, I took advantage of it, but, but from, from, from what I hear and, and I don't hear a lot, but from what little bit I do hear it's such a, it's such a wonderful place. It's such a better place. Yeah. It's a better place than what it was 30 years ago, 25 mm-hmm. years ago. And I just, I basically, I think that's what people want. You know, I'm not hearing, I heard negative stuff about the park long before I worked in the park. Yeah. Well, I'm not hearing that today. Yeah. And that's not to say some stuff ain't going on, but I'm just not hearing it. Back in the day, it was just, it just, it ran rapid. You just, all the time, something happening all the time. So, you know, all kind of stuff, a stolen car in the park, a paper machine that somebody done stole off the street and dropped it in the park, you know, so you, it just all the time. And I'm not hearing that today. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the park be more of a, of a park, so to speak, being used for what it was intended for. So yeah, I have, I have good memories, good memories of the park. I just don't go. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think of the reputation it had in kind of the sixties and seventies and yes, when people just, I mean, stopped going. Yes. Um, and so it, I think now when people talk about what's great about Waco, usually one of the top things they mention is Cameron Park. Oh yeah, and, and I think yeah. I think a, a big part of that is the trails. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've had people to tell me, "Hey, I drove down here from San Antonio just to ride these trails." Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think you're right. I think a big part of it is, uh, you know, I think Cameron Park has become an asset. Mm-hmm. I hope you take a little credit for that. I think you should take a little credit for that. I, somebody was going to get it done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not, it's not just, uh, as you said earlier, out of your mouth, (laughs) it's not just getting it done. It's how you did it. And I I think the way that y'all did it, uh, was the smoothest and the most effective way to do it. Cause it wasn't just about policing the park. And and I think yeah. you're right. I, yeah. I I now from from that aspect, I agree. I I think it, 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 first of all, with the, with the city getting the right people, and I think and I do think they got the right people. With mm-hmm. The city getting the right people, and the right people having the right mindset in in our approach to how we want to get it done. I I think you can, I can take a little credit for that. But I think eventually it was gonna get done. Mm-hmm. You know whether yeah. it got done this way or whether it got done. This away, I just feel like it was gonna get done. Yeah, it had to get done because I think it had become such a sore spot for the city of Waco, and it's such a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they could just 
turn it loose. So they had to, they had to decide. Somebody had to decide, Hey, how are we going to do it? You know? And, and, and I think the way, the way we did it has a more, has a lasting effect more so than just going in, working, policing it and then backing out. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I know, I know from your almost 30 years in Cameron Park, that's right. You retired in 2017. Oh, okay. So 31 years in the park uh, or 32 years in the park. Uh, there's got to be some stories that kind of stick with you. Uh, <laughs> and you, you can, you don't have to name names, <laughs> but I, I'd love to hear kind of some, maybe some stories that you tell of, of kind of your time there, or maybe some things you ran into that, that kind of stick with you as far as stories go. I, I ran into a, a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of, I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to begin <laughs> because there was so much going on when we actually went into the park. I mean, uh-huh. and, and I, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't name names for, for part of the reasons. I don't, I don't remember, remember the, the names. names. <laughs> <laughs> I, let, me, let me tell you people, I tell people all the time that, uh, when I being a police officer ruined my name memory, if it's any such thing, because mm-hmm. when you as a police officer, the very first thing you do is you pull out your pad and you get your get the person's name, and once they give you that name, and you remember you're doing this twenty times a night, mm-hmm. that name just goes away. It just goes away, and so. I, I, I'm horrible when it comes to names because it just you know you you do this five days a week. You do and you like I said you're doing it twenty on a busy night you're doing it twenty twenty times a night because you got to have that information to make a report mm-hmm. and the first thing you do is uh, I need your name you know so people will come up to me and give me their names but as far as working in the park we 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 witnessed we witnessed a little of. We witnessed a little of everything. Be honest, we witnessed. Mm-hmm. We witnessed. Yeah, you got to tell me a story, Larry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you make you tell me a story. I'm, I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to think of a. <laughs> it just hit. I could tell. It just hit. No, no, I've got some stories. I just, I just don't know if I can tell them. <laughs> you know, I've, I've got some stories. I mean, I, I trust me when I tell you we witnessed a little of everything. We witnessed a little of everything in the park, and I've I've got some stories. I just I just don't know what stories I'm at liberty to <laughs> to, to discuss. You know, I mean, you got to imagine you 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 got a park where you didn't have people, and, and there was there was as much activity in some of the isolated areas as there were in the in the open areas. The uh-huh. open areas was a Sunday issue with traffic and stuff like that. The isolated areas carried a lot of other stuff that we that we that we witnessed. I'll give you an example. I there was a there was a <laughs> you gonna make me do this. I am. I'm gonna make you do this. There was a guy, and I, and I was riding with a, with a female park ranger because we hired a female. That we're not we. I, she come on when I came on. Actually, she still works for the city, mm-hmm. so she's got more time than I had. She doesn't work in the park anymore, but she works for the city. We're actually. This is in the middle of the day. There's a guy 
laying on a park bench, completely undressed, completely undressed. And your mind says, is this guy, you know, you, 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 you're trying to, you, you, you're trying to process this. You know, you try. I mean, there's nobody there. There's, there's nobody. There's nobody there. There's not. There's not. There's not. There's no traffic. There's no. There's no other people. There's nobody there. And this guy's laying there. So your mind is. You're trying to process this by going. What's the deal? You know, and so. You, so, you know, it's almost, it's, it's kind of like, okay, we got to go talk to this guy. Well, you just said, I mean, you, the way you are, you want to assess, kind of have a real yes. assessment of the situation. Yes. So you're trying to figure out, well, yeah, what is this? Think about it. Think about it. I mean, if, if he was streaking, you, you, you would go, okay, this guy is streaking. He's an exhibitionist or something. You would, that's what, that's what would go through your mind. Yeah. But this, and this is a iso, kind of an isolated area. So you. You, 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 and I say isolated. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. If, if there had been traffic, then people would have seen him. Yeah. But this is an area where there there wasn't a lot. Yeah, of still traffic. a public area. Still a public area. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we go over there, and you you running this process through your mind and you're asking yourself now, is this guy going to be competent? Is he going to be okay? Is he going to be a mill case? I mean, what's the, what's the, you, you, you're trying to, you're preparing yourself. So she goes, what's your problem? And he goes, I was just being curious. That's what he says. That's what the guy says. I was just being curious. <laughs> We're thinking, you know, we're thinking, okay, we have the authority to bar you away from the park. We, by ordinance, we have the authority to bar. We used to think we had the authority. We, we found out later on we did. But we used to think we had the authority to bar people away from the park permanently. Oh, really? Okay. But we found out we didn't. You can't bar them permanently. Yeah. So she says, you know what? She says, we're going to issue this guy a warning, and we're going to bar him away from the park. And he may have been one of the guys that was barred away permanently until we found out from the city attorney. You can't, can't really do that. can't really do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. You you know you you don't have the authority you think you have. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we read it or misread it or was told. I mean, I don't know. But we found out that uh, you know. I think twelve months was the extent that we could actually bar somebody, bond them, not committing a, a some type of felony crime or yeah. some kind of crime against people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we decided we'd issue this guy a ticket. And uh, so we did. And he says, after he tells us he was just being curious, he says, so you guys are acting like I was trying to hurt somebody. I don't know how to respond. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really, I mean, you're in a public place. <laughs> you, 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 he's laying on his stomach. You're laying on your stomach. 
And how how do we explain somebody that comes through here in a family vehicle with a family? Mm-hmm. How do we explain that? I mean, you know, think about how do we explain that? What you do is your business and it's fine, but how do we explain to somebody who tells us, hey, there's a guy laying up there on the pavilion with no clothes on. He, he, a, a, a father doesn't want to explain that to his son. Or, or daughter or nobody, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. So that's that's where the issue comes in. But he he really acted as though he was offended at the fact. So our mindset was, I wonder how long has he been doing that? But that's kind of one of the kind of the, it's kind of some of the stories we got early on. And and again, I I don't I don't ever remember seeing the guy again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so I uh, I don't I don't know how if he had done it before, how long he had been doing it, or or what the case was, or he just thought, hey, nobody comes around this area, so I'm just gonna lay here and sunbathe, or if, if you know, but that's that's kind of, and it's and it's not it's, it's only drastic because of the response of the person. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what makes it drastic. It ain't <laughs> you know. But, yeah, but we ran across, but like, again, yeah, we ran across a lot of. We ran across a lot of stuff. Well, it seems to me, you know, you know, is it is it wilderness or is it a park? And and it seems like some people like this guy thinking, oh, I'm out in wilderness. I'll just do, you know, whatever I want to do. But it is a park. It is a city park. Yeah, I think yeah. he, I, I think he may have thought that, with the exception of there's a public road, not a public, there's a roadway. <laughs> And and I'm thinking this guy was at Lawson's Point. I'm trying to remember yeah. the, the different points. I think he was at Lawson's Point, and see, and all of the points have a actual. The, the only real public roadway is uh, is a uh, University Parks and Cameron Park Drive that yeah. actually runs. But but there's roads through the different points. Yeah, and anywhere that had he been, say. Uh, you, you know, I was telling you the area from Lovers Leap between yeah. Lovers Leap and and MCC. Mm-hmm. Had he been laying back there, you you might you know, kind of throw your hands up and go, oh, okay. But I can drive by, I can drive by and see you. Yeah, yeah. So that should kind of trigger something in your mind that maybe this ain't the place to be laying. You know? <laughs> so, that I don't know. But it, right. it, we have some wilderness areas, but we didn't have a lot of problem in the wilderness areas because you have to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and they're not accessible. Yeah, they're yeah. not accessible, so we didn't have a lot of problem in 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 those areas. Mm-hmm. And I was some of the things that concerned me was I was in there one night, and I seen a, a Baylor student, female, going into the trail at night, going, not coming out, going, and I thought, this, this, that, why, why would she do that? Mm-hmm. You know why? Why would she do that? Because I couldn't keep up with her. You know, she I was actually in a vehicle, and she was actually that river riverside, right off of uh, cross from a redwood shit where it goes down into the trail. Yeah. She was going down into the trail. It was dark. It was dark. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why, why, why would she do that? Mm-hmm. But I never heard anything. So yeah, yeah. I'm assuming she was say maybe she mm-hmm. was a black belt in karate or something. She <laughs> wasn't worried about it. But those are some of the things that concern you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see people doing stuff that could potentially lead to problems. That's right. Because they're they're not doing anything illegal, but they're no. ma- they're making choices that that could be yeah could be problematic. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. 
Well, any other stories you want to tell me? That no. I got that one out of you. No, I, no. I, I, All right, I, okay. I don't have no more stories. All right, well, if you if you see if you listen to the podcast and you see Larry on the street, just ask him. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. <laughs> no, he'll tell you a story he don't want to tell you right now. I, I really, Mr. Sims, I I really appreciate your service to the city uh, for so many years. And Cameron Park is a wonderful place, and and me and my family enjoy it. And I, I feel like you you had a role in making it a place that families could enjoy. And so I want to thank you for your service to the city. I appreciate that. For all those years. And and uh, I appreciate you coming on and telling us a little bit about kind of your experiences of the park. Anything else you want to tell me before we sign off here? No stories. Okay. No, no stories. I don't, I don't have <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing litigious that we've gotten into so far. So I think you're, I, I think you're, I think you're clear. Well, thank you, Mr. Sims. Thanks for listening to the Waco History Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes so we can reach more listeners. You can find show notes and info on every episode at wacohistorypodcast.com and more info on Waco's past at wacohistory.org. Our theme music, used with permission, is Cross the Brazos at Waco, performed by the late Billy Walker. For more info on Billy's music, go to billywalker.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>